The Right Hook Podcast. With the Mitsubishi Outlander Business, the two-seater commercial SUV with over 2,000 litres of cargo space, two-ton towing capacity and legendary four-wheel drive technology. Mitsubishi Motors.ie. It's The Right Hook on News Talk with me, George Hook, and it's Thursday, and every Thursday I'm joined by Bill Hughes, who picks the essential songs, his favourite from a particular year. Uh, I must say the whole place was buzzing last week as we did 1973, kicking it all off with Elton John, of course. On the basis, Bill, welcome to the programme, that Hi, you did 1973 Last week, mm-hmm. I presume we're moving forward rather than backwards. We are moving forward. To where? We're moving forward into the 90s, 1992. Oh. I know, I know, but I think you're going to like what I've chosen, George. I do, I, I do. I can't imagine it. I well, just can't imagine well, it. Well, the first song, it has been a hit in four decades. Four, oh. you know, Two versions. Uh, the woman who wrote it first had a hit with it in 1974. And then had a hit with it in 1982. And then the song we're going to play was a massive hit in 1992. In fact, a global super hit. And then it was a hit again in 2012 due to tragic circumstances. 82, um, uh, Louis Armstrong, The World of My Arms or whatever no, you no, call no. it. The song is I Will Always Love You. Yeah? Yeah, written by Dolly Parton, sung by Dolly Parton but from 1992, sung by Whitney Houston from the movie The Bodyguard. Oh, with Kevin Costner. With Kevin Costner. I remember the movie. I remember the song, and I remember Whitney Houston, of course, who in the comparatively recent past uh, died. In 2012, yeah. That's when it was re-released and recharted. It's a phenomenal song, I Will Always Love You, written by Dolly Parton. It was on her studio album, Jolene, back in 1974. And she wrote the song, and it was kind of a parting song. Her big relationship with Porter Wagner was splitting, coming to an end. And she wrote the song for him. Then she had it included uh, in the musical The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I don't know if you ever saw that. It's a great little movie, and and Dolly plays the madame in it. But, uh, I mean, one of the... The, the female vocalist of the year at the Country Music Awards in 1975. But then Whitney Houston's version came and it just obliterates all competition. It is one of the most powerhouse vocal performances you could ever hear in your life. And it's just so sad that she died so early. and Well, I mean, she had a phenomenal voice. Phenomenal there, I mean, there would be voice. no disputing that. And... and it was a poor movie, one would have to yeah. say, The Bodyguard. Mm. Uh, but I can remember the music very clearly from that. I remember thinking, you know, this is really great. What a shame it's attached to a rubbishy movie. Yes, yeah, uh, well, the rubbishy movie has now been transmogrified into a hit theatre show, big musical, played the board gosh with Alexandra Burke. Like, fantastic, really exciting. The Bodyguard. Using all the songs, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. All right, OK. So, but, but Whitney Houston, there's something about her performance on this. She just takes it to a whole new level. And can I just say that today, February 11th, is actually her anniversary. She died four years ago today. Really? So, uh, so I think it's a fitting uh, tribute that we remember right. her with this great song. Whitney Houston? Yeah. And? I Will Always Love You. Play it, Sam.
Wow. A, an extraordinary voice. Better than Dolly Parton version. That's like the vocal Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> like, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just incredible. Absolutely. Pipes, yeah. as they'd say. That's pipes. Serious pipes. Whitney Houston, four years dead today with uh, that wonderful Dolly Parton song, I'll Always Love You, from the film The Bodyguard. Bill Hughes' uh, Bill Hughes's choice of an essential song for 1992. Two. Two. And... The next one is? Well, 1992, the biggest thing that year, the Olympics in Barcelona. I know where you're going So I'm going with the big theme song that had originally been released in 87, but was re-released in 1992. Barcelona, the legendary Freddie Mercury with the extraordinary Montserrat Caballé one of the greatest opera stars, one of the great exponents of the bel canto tradition in opera. What an extraordinary voice she has and what a great Spanish treasure she is. And she's still with us. I love her. I think she's amazing. Born in 1933 on the 12th of April. She's older than me. She is. She is. And she sings better than you, too. (laughs) But but, uh, I won't even ask you about bel canto, but um, it's Freddie Mercury and Montserrat Caballo. Caballé. 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 Or Caballo if she was a man, I suppose. Probably, probably. And uh, the song, it showed Freddie Mercury's love of opera. And he hits big high notes. But together they brought a full orchestra into the Montserrat Caballé had been approached to come up with a special uh, when they were when they were coming up with the bid for the Olympics, uh, the city of Barcelona, and she was asked, could they come up with something musical? And it was her initiation of the project where she asked them to contact Freddie Mercury. Uh, she loved Freddie Mercury, so Freddie Mercury was brought to Barcelona to meet Montserrat Caballé back in eighty seven. And together they figured out that not only would they do a theme song, they'd do a whole album of songs celebrating the city and that that would be part of their bid to, you know, to to firm up that they had the Olympics. And then when they won the contract for the Olympics, the song was released as a hit single in 1987 only to be re-released after Freddie's death. Freddie died in 1991, but tied in with the launch of the Olympics itself in 1992. The first time it was released in 87, it was a pretty sizable hit. It peaked at number eight in the charts in the UK. But the second time, it topped the charts around the world in 1992 because it was, you know, apropos the Olympics. And it was written by Freddie Mercury uh, with Mike Moran. Mike Moran had had a lot of success in the Eurovision Song Contest. He'd been a pop artist. He'd worked a lot with people like Paul Young. And he was an interesting guy. But bringing together the force of Montserrat Caballé, who, you know, normally singing Rossini or Bellini or Donizetti or Verdi, that's normally her her area. And for Freddie Mercury then, that the fabulous man from 
from London to come over and, and to do this powerful recording with a, the lushness of a full orchestra. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was pretty special. Some people think it's campy and hammy, but I just think it's great fun. All right. Well, uh, Montserrat Caballé and of course Freddie Mer- Mercury, who I belatedly really became a fan of, I must say. Uh, and in this uh, wonderful song, re-released as Bill said in 1992 to celebrate the Barcelona Olympics, and uh, the title, of course, self-explanatory. I think it's fabulous. I, it? I was amazed that you could, in 1992, Bill Hughes, mm. with your selection of essential songs, that you could actually pick two that <laughs> would really excite me. Her voice, like, because, of course, she's an opera singer. She's astonishing. She, she's about 60 at this point, 59, yeah. 60. The voice is thrilling. And he matches her, like, which there are very few sort of pop stars, almost in world history, who could have done that. Is an yeah. incredible testament to his talent. And just, you know, on the 8th of October in 1988, when the Olympic flag arrived from Seoul to Barcelona, so for the four-year build-up to the Olympics, there was a welcome ceremony, a huge open-air ceremony in Barcelona. And Freddie Mercury and Montserrat Caballé sang that live that night in 1988. And that was the last time he sang in public. No. Yeah. That was it. That was that was the last song. Oh no! So you know, it's it's got a lot of 
poignancy and resonance, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I, I wonder, can you pull a third one <laughs> out of the hat? Well, I'm going to satisfy myself with the third one. And I do, right. I, I'm hoping you'll well, come on the journey with yeah, me. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's your choice for yourself, it's unlikely <laughs> I like it. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. It's a duet again. Yeah. But this time it's a duet with a, a great, great American soul singer called Luther Vandross. Yeah. And a wonderful American pop soul singer, Janet Jackson. Well, I mean, both the names I know. Okay. And and I know very little about their body of work. Well, now. this song as a duet, The Best Things in Life Are Free. It's absolutely beautiful. Not a novel um, song now. This would have been done a zillion times. Oh, no, but this was a new song written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yeah. Um, it was used uh, for a 1992 American film called Mo Money, which is absolutely appalling movie. But it didn't matter because this song was just so good. Uh, Luther Vandross, an amazing singer. And he has he had a great song. He went out on a high. He died tragically, far too young. He was born in 51 and died in 2005 um, after having an incredible career because he had been a backing vocalist for years, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And he had backing vocalists for Judy Collins, Chaka Khan, Bette Midler, Diana Ross, David Bowie, Barbara Streisand, Benny King, Donna Summer. Like he had sung with everybody. Everybody loved the tone of his voice. And then one day he came out from behind being a backing singer and became the artist as Luther Vandross. But sadly, his career was cut short because he got ill and died. And uh, But Janet Janet Jackson, we love. She's supposed to be coming to Ireland in April. I'm hoping she still does, uh, to the Three Arena. Um, the last time she was here at the board, gosh, I saw her. She was incredible. And uh, I know there's a lot of Irish fans can't wait to see her. But this particular song, there's something about it. It's infectious. It's got a great beat. And to be fair, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, uh, at this time, were the kings of quality pop. They were able to produce right so many songs that dominated the charts around the world. And so every summer, I can't imagine a summer in the 90s when I didn't have a, a Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis song on my Walkman or in a club. or You would just hear these songs. So when you hear this song, The Best Things in Life Are Free, I really want you to feel the infectiousness of it. All right, I've got to feel the infection. Uh, oh, infectiousness. All right, it's uh, Luther Vandross, Janet Jackson, The Best Things in Life Are Free, written by Jimmy Jam and Terry Southern, was it? Terry Lewis. Terry, Terry Lewis. Lewis. Oh, yeah, Terry Southern wrote a famous dirty book called... <laughs> it was made into a movie. What was the name of it? Somebody will tell me. All right, hey, there you have it. Best things in life are free. Bill Hughes, Essential Songs of 1992.
All right, Luther Vandross and uh, Jen Jackson, the best things in life are free. Uh, Bill Hughes' choice, finally, for 1992 to close this segment of Essential Songs. Uh, are you dancing? So what? Are you da- oh, really? So what? Listen. This plays into your former career as a DJ in sleazy clubs. I mean, that's the kind of thing you would have heard <laughs> in sleazy clubs all over Ireland with fellas like you DJing. What is it? It's a bit of beat. It's a fella and a girl doing a bit of in- unintelligible word singing. <laughs> George, George, it's a beautiful, fun I mean, you, thing. You, you played that in the same afternoon as Whitney Houston and I Will Always Love You. Come on. Yeah, where same you, year. Where, where are your standards? <laughs> Obviously, on the floor, according to you. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we've got, of course, the Essential Songs playlist on Spotify, where each week we add Bill's three choices. You can get on board by going to Spotify. Essential songs on the right hook. They're all there. The Andrews sisters and David David Bowie and all kinds of people. And there'll be three more in a couple of minutes when when I push them up there. We'll find Luther Van Dross and Janet Jackson, no less. Um, is there a skip button on my Spotify, is there? I wish there was one on you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. See you next week. And um, coming up next, Jert Tannum kickstarts another business.